Oh, yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like is a light bulb just the ghost of a dead pair? Hi, America. Hello, world. I love that. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Can you be haunted by fruit? Is that possible? Can you be haunted by an apple or ever been haunted by a banana, Greg? Is that something? No, just checking. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers. The only paranormal fruit quiz show in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly, from the room next door. I swear she's getting louder. She really needs her adenoids looking at. <laughs> so snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate belt. An example of this would be Shall I tell you what my mother wrote to me this week on an email? We've been doing this show now, maybe two and a half, three years. And uh, we have a photograph of ourselves looking very resplendent, looking very mean and moody in black and white. If you've ever visited our website or been to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, you will see the fabulously good looking guest panel and myself standing there resplendently in black and white. I am holding in my hand the inappropriate bell it's the only part of the photograph that's in color so in my hand for the advertising for the photographs for the show that we have to do for pr work i am holding the inappropriate bell an example of that would be my mother bearing in mind we've been doing this show for nearly three years my mother wrote to me this week and said it's been driving me insane three years remember it's been driving me mad what are you holding in your hand what did she think it was? Like a terrapin or a turtle or something? There are more turtles than answers. So I had to write back to her and tell her it was a hotel bell. It is the inappropriate bell. If you are inappropriate, the bell will be rang and we should move on to other things. And now her question is answered. So if you're listening, if you're not snoring in the room next door and you're going to wake up at any point and listen to our archives on SoundCloud, you can now find out that I am actually holding the inappropriate bell bearing in mind i've gone through three during this series because it gets rung so often 
The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. When Heather was 12, she found a dominatrix magazine in the park, and she kept it under her bed. After her mother found it, they never spanked her again. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello, Mr. Lee. Hurrah. There is a song called Mr. Lee, isn't there? Mr. Lee. Mr. Mr. Lee. Lee. I can't remember who sings it. It's a group from the 1950s, like the Chiffons, something like that. It's a doo-wop group. But it it is out there, and we'll have to play that on the show one day. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim realised this week that when she argues with Greg, they are like a rock band in concert. They start with some of the new stuff and then roll out the greatest hits. Welcome to the show, Kim. (laughs) Hello. Fantastic. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He's married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also a sound engineer and producer. Greg had a neck brace fitted some years ago, and since then he's never looked back. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. It's a joy, isn't it? This is Series 2, Episode 26. 26 is a fabulous number. 26 is the number of miles in a marathon, if you round that down, of course. 26 is often the number of episodes in a TV programme each year. Did you know that? No. No. That's the most common number, apparently, because... This allows one new show per week for half a year, and then they can do a rerun for the rest of the year of the same show. Oh, you see okay. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess, seeing this is show 26, we can go on vacation for six months now. Promise. And just play all the shows. I'm sure people would notice at some point. Perhaps they wouldn't. I don't know. In a normal deck of cards, there are 26 red cards and 26 black cards. My dad said to me, we need a book of dad wisdom. There must be a book out there, Wisdom of the Dad. My dad said to me, never play cards with somebody who knows how to shuffle well, which is good advice. That's the only thing he ever told me, actually, apart from he said you should grab a bottle by the neck and a woman by the waist. I have no idea what that means. If anyone wants to write in and tell me. I was very proud of my dad. When I was at school, when I was a little boy, I was so proud of my dad. He used to tell all my classmates that he was a soldier a fireman, a policeman. It was only in later life I realised he was a stripper. (laughs) 26 is the total number of bones in a normal foot and ankle, so to kick someone in the backside would require intimately penetrating them with 26 of your bones. No one's riding a bicycle in that week. This has been a really interesting week. I've done a lot of historical research on our ghost hunts. Do you remember... We investigated the library in Wyndham. Do you recall that? Yes. So what do you recall of investigating the library in Wyndham? Of course, this was the first national bank originally. This building was built, I believe, in 1912. There was a fire in 1911 that gutted the previous bank that was there from the 1880s. It got turned into a library 
I believe, in 1983 when the bank moved out. The bank moved out in 78 to new premises and it was a florist's up until 1983. So what do you recall about that investigation? I've been doing some historical research and I'm going to mention a few things in a second. But what was the main thing you recall from investigating the library in Wyndham? Well, the main standout was actually having physical activity where a book flew off a shelf. This is true. It reminds me of the opening scenes of Ghostbusters, but we were doing the walkthrough and a book just launched itself out of the children's library area across the floor. That is true. If you recall, we were in the children's library. We decided to do a vigil. Wyndham, of course, is in the southwest bottom corner of Minnesota. But we went into the library, went into the children's library. Greg had a thermal imaging camera, so we decided to do a vigil in that area first due to the physicality of the book flying off the shelf. If you recall, Greg saw a blue humanoid figure walking between the shelves of the library. What I was listening to this week is I went over my audio evidence. I went over my DVR. When we was playing the Shack Hack, when we had the ghost box on, it spat out two very specific names. I asked, who's here? Who's in the library with us? It said Douglas and it said Davison. So I've written this down and I've got this recorded. I spent last week in the Cottonwood County Historical Society and they had a file on the First National Bank, which was the building that was there before it got turned into a library. Lo and behold, and I find this remarkable, when I was looking through that folder, the president of the bank in 1978, when it moved from that premises into a new location on 10th Avenue, the president of the bank was called Douglas Davison. I kid you not. And I find this remarkable. I write books where history is given to me by the dead. And it would just, it would appear, wouldn't it, that the bank manager, the president, who was responsible for that move, is still overseeing things in that building and seeing what we're doing. Do you see what I mean? Sure. And I find this remarkable. So I'm now going to research this gentleman. It's not like John Smith, is it? Do you see what I'm saying? But it's so fanciful The book I'm working on at the moment is called The Mysterious Midwest. It's the sequel to the book Mysterious Minnesota that's available in all good bookshops if you like ghosts and history. And it's apparently a good summer read and was one of the reviews I got on that. But this is a follow up. And every chapter of this book, if you follow the show on a regular basis, week by week, we talk about our investigations. Last week, we played some EVPs and some audio. It's getting to the point where I'm putting the chapters together. The ghost box, the psychic skills, the EVPs are giving us names, information, dates. I'm going to the historical societies and I'm finding these people and they really existed. And the history's there and I find it remarkable. I'm worried, sat here at the moment, knowing that I've got this fabulous book coming out in a couple of months' time. It's 110, 120,000 words. And each chapter of this book is filled with history. It's filled with the ghosts talking to us, me then finding the information based on what they've given me. And these people genuinely existed. I don't think people are going to believe it. I'm going to have to post the evidence online. I'm glad we have people with us on these investigations. There was the librarian and the head librarian with us when we did this investigation. If they weren't there, I don't think people would believe us because I'd say, just go and talk to the librarian. She was there when it happened. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm worried that people aren't going to believe it because it's so fanciful, so remarkable that this is coming to the fore and these people really existed. I mean, what are the chances of hearing EVPs and having a ghost box session where you get the name Douglas Davison? Very random, right? 
And I write his name down and then I find him at the Historical Society. And he was the manager of the bank back in 78 when it used to be a bank. I find it extraordinary. I just thought I'd mention that. That was my week. <laughs> Going through musty, dirty, derelict newspapers in an antediluvian basement in the middle of Minnesota. Ah, the excitement of a historian. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only be interested in you when you're dead. Oh, your favourite shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I must tell you, I got bought for my birthday many years ago a T-shirt that said historian. I'll only be interested in you when you're dead, which intrinsically is funny. It probably wasn't the best thing to wear. <laughs> when I was president of the Salk Centre Historical Society, which is made up of a board of women all over the age of 80, and uh, they took offence to that. They were not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> they thought that was in poor taste. But there you go. What can we do? We run into the round, that is, ghosts and hauntings. The stories from around the world this week of spooky carryings on. I will start proceedings here with a story from Britain. It says spooky image shows scrap metal ghost haunting site where spirits refuse to rust in peace. A spooky image has been discovered in a scrap metal business where the spirits refuse to rust in peace. The ghostly face has been spotted in the window of a room used to store car parts. I wonder if these are the ghosts of the cars that you've destroyed over the years, Heather. What do you think? They've gone to that great big scrapyard in the sky. <laughs> you do go through a lot of vehicles, don't about you? About one a year. I know, right? <laughs> you, I've got clothes that are older than your cars. <laughs> the tortured image captured during a routine photo shoot at the site in Taranis, Aston, is yet more evidence that something's not of this world lurking in the room. Used to store car parts, an eerie place where things go bumper in the night. <laughs> see what I, I see did, what there. You did there? I spent a week working on that. <laughs> The hardened, five-strong workforce admit to being scared of entering the cold, dank room. A hardened, five-strong workforce. Do you think that's the factory where they make Viagra? <laughs> Do you think a hardened, five-strong workforce was when Snow Wright didn't feel happy or grumpy? <laughs> I'm sorry. Documents of mysterious... Two points to me. Mysteriously, documents have moved. There's been loud bangs, echoes from confined spaces and temperatures plunging for no reason. Sounds like a Delta Airways flight. Recently, the workforce arrived, the hardened workforce, remember, arrived to find the place flooded. The source of the leak was a smashed toilet in the washroom directly above. Yet the compound and block are extensively alarmed and bells should have rung if vandals had broken in, staff say. Now manager Chris Ward is poised to call in a medium to discover which tormented soul is trapped among the broken motors. It is interesting, isn't it? If they're scrap motor parts, you would think that some of those have been involved in crashes. People may have died in those cars and then the parts have been removed. And if there's a possibility, there could be a residual haunting based on that. I mean, that's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it, I guess? One customer came out absolutely white-faced. He claimed something had come out of the wall, haunted by a towel rack, no doubt. The image was snapped by Chris, nephew, Wesley Topham, while he was taking pictures in the company website. It was only later he discovered the ghostly image at the window. Chris added, there's something strange going on. You go up there and the temperature drops so much that you have to catch your breath. We've been here for six years, and when the previous owners visited, the first question was... Have you seen the ghost? One medium has already put forward a theory claiming the site is haunted by a little boy. It's always a child, isn't it? 
Always. Or a monk or a nun. Or oh, a I thought white... you were going to say a monkey. Or a monkey. Yes, I've been haunted by a monkey. It's in that family guy where there's like a monkey in the closet. Yes, that... the angry monkey. The angry monkey. I've been haunted by an angry monkey. It's not the first unusual incident at the Rocky Lane Yard. Last July, workers were presented with a steel coffin for scrap, and things got positively chilling 24 hours later when a 1994 Ford Grosvenor Hearst was handed over for scrap. We're just waiting for the headstone now, laughed one employee. The casket mysteriously deepened when the lid, which can only be opened by a torque key, was lifted and the funeral parlour papers from Trinidad were discovered inside stan baldwin said at the time i've worked here for 20 years on and off and it's the first time i've had a coffin handed in we think someone went to the trouble and expense to have it brought over here from trinidad and tobago then realized they couldn't use it apparently it's illegal in britain because it's not biodegradable if it's rusting that means it's biodegradable doesn't it if it's metal metal disappears over time surely the whole premise of this story is as a scrapyard it's haunted what they failed to mention in great detail unless you were listening very intently is there was one sentence in the middle of that where they said that chris's nephew had taken a photograph of the building and there was a ghostly face in the window so if people wish to see the ghostly face haunting the auto parts building with all the scrap metal in there they're welcome to do so it is on our facebook site more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, where you can see all of tonight's stories in glorious technicolor. Okay, Heather, what have you got for me? <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? <laughs> I see where we are. I'm going to give myself points for being informative <laughs> and funny. I am now on a large resplendent number three. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? There is a mannequin in this Mexican bridal shop that might actually be a corpse. Oh, no. Oh. There was actually a film. There was a comedy film. Do you, do you know in this country the carry-on films? Are you even familiar with that aspect? No. no. Throughout the late 1950s, the 1960s and 1970s, there was a series of films where they made one a year with the same actors, and it was called the carry-on series. So they had carry-on doctor, carry-on nurse, carry-on cowboy, carry-on this. It was a comedy film, and the same actors appeared all the way through. And it was a little bit saucy, kind of British postcard, you know, bit like Benny Hill, I guess, if you're aware mm-hmm. of that. That would be my best analogy. They did a horror one called Carry On Screaming, and it was partly down to this story. They actually, you know, they actually took women off the street, covered them in wax. It doesn't sound like oh. a comedy, does it? And then used them as mannequins. This is the God's honest truth. If Were people... they alive? Yes. They got dead? Yes. Oh. This is how it works. Oh, have uh, you ever walked into a clothing store only to be frightened by a very scary mannequin? I've never been to a Mexican bridal store before, but I'm sure I'm open to the idea. We've all been there. No, we haven't. <laughs> Greg, have you ever been to a Mexican bridal store? No. The night is still young. I swear those things come alive at night, which makes the story very, very nightmarish. I think Greg's going to have to go with the cream or an ivory. I don't think he could get away with white now. <laughs> a Reddit user shared a story about a mannequin in a bridal shop in Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. I didn't stutter. It actually says that. I was horrified when I was in the grocery store and saw Chihuahua cheese. I thought people were milking small dogs <laughs> oh, in battery cages. It turns well, out it was from Mexico. There you go. Who knew? The shop La Popular uh, has a mannequin in their front window that is rumored not to be a mannequin at all, but an embalmed corpse. 
That's what you want on your wedding day, isn't it? That's what I want to look at if I'm looking at a wedding dress. The story goes like this. The original owner of the shop had a daughter named Pasculita. The daughter died on her wedding day. The mom mummified her deceased daughter so Pasculita could always be dressed in wedding gowns and exhibited at the front of the store. The owners are rumored to change the mannequin's dress quite often, but nobody has ever seen it happen. Only the owner and certain employees are allowed to dress and undress her. Have you seen this? I have. It's What does it look like? Her hands are white and pasty, and it does look like it's... Does, it look, does it look like a mummy that's had the bandages removed? You no, know, that emaciated no. kind of... You know, uh, like the nuns that have, you know, like 200 years old and been embalmed? <laughs> oh, yes. I've seen like. those. Yeah, there's, there's one in the bridal shop in Wyndham. I've seen that, absolutely. <laughs> You say that. I have seen a saint. When I was in That's Goa, a, yeah. yeah, in India, every seven years they bring out the corpse of a saint. And I can't remember for the life of me what this saint was called. Mm-hmm. But I happened to be there when it was the seventh year. And I lined up to see this body that had basically embalmed itself. Yeah. I just think they were an alcoholic. This is where we are. Oh. They just had a few too many tequilas and they've embalmed themselves. Uh, th- I did look at the picture and the hands um, were actually quite... Well, I don't want to say lifelike because obviously she's dead, but um, her head looked like a mannequin's head. So her body looked like it was a regular body. And And they stuck a mannequin's head on it. Yeah. That's a bit grim. Would you want that on your wedding day when you go in there? Well, you don't go in there on your wedding day. You go in there to buy bridal attire, not on your wedding day. I'll have the one that's on the You go in there how many times for fittings and yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Do you? I don't. Ex- I have no experience <laughs> yes. of wearing a wedding dress. I have to say, I'm happy to embrace the, the concept. Night is still young. It is indeed. I'll put a dab of cologne by each year, and I'll go to Spirit Lake and see what happens. How would that be? I Perfect. should give you points for being informative. You are on number two, Kim. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Saudi Prince guts Joan Rivers haunted home. Asadi Prince is the new owner of Joan Rivers' Upper East Side penthouse triplex, but his plans for major renovations may earn the wrath of Mrs. Spencer, the lavish pad's resident ghost. Prince Mohammed bin Fahd... You're making that up. The name? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nope. Uh, 65. Bought the 5,100-square-foot spread at 1 East 62nd Street for the asking price of $28 million. Did he need much work doing on it? Did he need a facelift? He's... Oh, <laughs> uh, the prince, however, is not impressed by the palatial home's Versailles-inspired appointments, which include crystal chandeliers, five fireplaces, gilded walls, and a sweeping staircase where rivers love to make dramatic entrances to thrill her guests. Bin Fad immediately brought in an architect and designers, sources told The Post. They were here a week after Ramadan to start work on a gut renovation. That's where the prince might have run in with Rivers' former nemesis, the late Mrs. Spencer, who was J.P. Morgan's niece and the original resident. Wow. I had a gut renovation when I went to Taco Bell last week. (laughs) In a 2009 episode of the TV show Celebrity Ghost Stories, Rivers said the pesky spirit was less than welcoming when she moved in 25 years ago and started renovating. It was just very strange, Rivers said on the show. The apartment was cold. I could never get any of my electrical things to work correctly. What electrical things did she have? (laughs) Uh, Even Rivers' dog was spooked. There you go. I guess Mrs. Spencer is back, the doorman told Rivers. 
I was absolutely desperate, Rivers recounted to Variety Portal. Spencer was very angry. Rivers said she eventually realized she was still in her mind, the grand dom of the building. She did not like what was being done with the house. Rivers brought in a voodoo priestess who performed a ceremony involving chanting and drumming. Where do you get a voodoo princess witch? I mean, what do they do? Do you go and look them up online? Yellow pages. Yellow pages mm-hmm. under V. Right. How yes. does even one come across these people? What am I missing out on? The yellow pages. Oh, okay. It covers all of this, does it? Voodoo princesses. Look, there's at least four. I'm going to go with the cheapest one. That's right. Just go to the local post office and ask. There you go. They'll know. They'll point you in the right direction. The ghost was finally appeased when the comedian hung a portrait of Mrs. Spencer in the building lobby and left flowers for her in the home's ballroom. There we go. Sounds like a game of Clue. I shall leave some flowers in the ballroom with the lead piping. Fantastic. Very informative. I shall start you off on a resplendent two. Heather is trying to gain more points because she's going to crowbar another story into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. Got a problem with that? Yes, you do this every week. I say bring a story for each round. It is, and then remarkably you win by the end of the night because you've done 200% more stories than anybody else. Planning. You're not getting this past me. I know what you're doing. I know what you're setting up. I know you're... Uh-huh. It's a, re, a ruse and a deceit, I a tell ruse. you, of the first... Oh, it's a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> madam, yeah, it's a deceit, I tell you. A <laughs> uh, Kentucky man tries to dig up dead dad so he can go to heaven. Digging up your dead dad. Yeah. You could spend some quality time together he's and take long him... long dead, too. Take him long. fishing. Really, he's been dead a long time, long. has he? So he's taking him round in a plastic bag now. It, it can't even be weekend at Bernie's. It's not weekend at Bernie's. No. It's, it's a plastic compost bag, isn't it, at I best? I think so. Oh, no. The Kentucky man was caught in the act of digging up the body of his long-dead father so his dad could go to heaven, authorities said, and he said he would do it again. What's the link between digging up your dad and going to heaven? I have no clue. Maybe it'll get into it. Michael Dale May, 44, of Somerset, was being held Wednesday in the Lincoln County Regional Jail on a $1,000 cash bond on charges of violating graves, public intoxication, and possession of marijuana. Who'd have thought that drugs and drink would have been involved in digging up your dad? Who knew? I didn't know that was a mixture to do that. Yes, trust me. (laughs) Drinks and drugs, before you know where you are, you're in the graveyard with a spade getting a date for the night. Oh, God. Uh, Get me the one with the wedding dress on. Actually, the court records indicate that he doesn't have a previous criminal record at all. And his dad wasn't wearing a wedding dress. I just guessed that. Oh, God. (laughs) I missed that when you were talking about it. When your dad's dead, if you didn't have a good relationship with him, you could dress him up wherever you wanted, couldn't you? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, that's just me. Paper doll things. (laughs) Put some lipstick on him, and, you know, it's what he would have wanted. He was a transvestite when he was alive. Dress him up as a fireman, police officer, soldier. This bell's getting a lot of use tonight. <laughs> Do proceed, Miss Morris. Uh, anyway, May started hollering out Bible verses at me, Mitchell said. He told me he was trying to dig up his dad so his dad could go to heaven. In the jailhouse interview with WLEX, May acknowledged that he was indeed trying to exhume his father, who he said died more than 30 years ago. Yeah, there's not going to be much left there, is there? No, That's worms. Chicken and a... scratchings. Oh. Yeah, he said he'd done nothing wrong and didn't believe he should be in jail because he was obeying the scripture. I don't remember which part of the scripture I says dig your dad know. up. I missed that. Was that Exodus or Leviticus? I can't remember. I don't. We're going to have to look that I up. I think it's Leviticus 19. Thou shalt dig up thy dad when drunken He's, on drugs. He said, I see the truth, said May, who didn't explain what that scripture was. Yeah, go figure. He needs to be 
on the ground, not under it and not below it. So what scripture says that? I don't know. I don't recall that. And he promised if the truth doesn't come out and nobody sees the truth. Yeah, I'll do it again. Yes. What does that mean? It means his mum's next. Ultimately. What does that mean? I don't know what this means. That's shockingly bad. Fantastic. I'm not going to give you any points because you're (laughs) cramming in more stories than I asked you to. I know it's a deceit. I know you're trying to win this game. I've only got so many $33,000 IR cameras to give away. This isn't a conveyor belt of IR cameras. You know that. I don't understand. No, it's terrible, isn't it? We now sprint into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. Let me start with green beasties. Is this the Loch Ness monster enjoying a summer break? 150 miles away from her usual abode. I like the way it's always a her, isn't it? Why can't it be a male monster? Do you see what I'm saying? It's always her, isn't it, when you look at the Loch Ness monster? Because she's got curves. Probably. It's probably because she's elusive and no one can find her. Uh Does this photo show Nessie enjoying a summer holiday, 150 miles away from her home in Loch Ness? Retired council chief Mervyn Ralph claims he saw the mythical beast swimming in the River Tay near Dundee. He took a photo showing three black humps looming out of the water. I think I may have been responsible for that, actually, because I went to the all-you-can-eat buffet at the casino. And you got three lumps? Yes, it came. It was mainly one lump, but it broke into three on the way out. That's going to be a danger to ship in, I thought, as I flushed. (laughs) Mervyn said the monster was followed by dolphins. I told you, they're trying to peck at it. Half an hour later, and he believes he may have captured Nessie on his camera as he walked near the river. The story of the Loch Ness Monster was first reported almost 1,500 years ago by monks working near Inverness. Since then, there's been numerous reported sightings of the beast, which is now famous across the world, although some have been revealed as hoaxes. Loch Ness itself has developed a successful tourist industry around Nessie, with thousands of people turning up every year in a bid to get a sight of the creature. If the photo does in fact show the Loch Ness monster, questions would abound as to how the beast came to make the 150-mile journey from its regular home. And indeed, how it got out of the lock. I just imagine it took the bus. Can you imagine you're sat on a bus? It's a crowded bus. The only seat available is the one next to you. You see the bus pull up. There's the monster. You're thinking, oh, no. The only seat on the bus is next to mine. You put your shopping on your seat, right? You try and move a little bit closer to the other seat. The monster comes on the bus. It's walking down the aisle. It's looking for a seat. It looks at you, says, is this seat taken? You've got to take your shopping off. You spend the entire 150-mile journey to Dundee, sat next to the Loch Ness Monster smelling a fish. Going anywhere nice on your holidays this year? Yeah, I'm going to Dundee. Thought I'd visit some friends. Terrible. Can you imagine? You can't even sprawl out, can you? It's taking all the I leg can't room. imagine. I really hadn't even considered it. The only thing that stops that from happening in reality is where would he get the money from? It's got no pockets, right? And it hasn't got any posable thumbs if it's a pleasure sore. They just haven't thought it through. I don't know how it got there. I'm scared. I'm what scared have you got too. for me tonight in the round of cryptozoology and UFOs? I'm going to Bristol. Ray. Yay. Uh, I watched Ape Man eating food. Eight men. Ape. <laughs> you can go to the local restaurant and watch eight men eating food. You could do that at Burger King at lunchtime. I can watch eight men eating food. In Bristol, United Kingdom, a Bristol resident says he witnessed an ape-like creature as it ate a piece of food with what he believes were improvised eating utensils. Yeah, that's just an American on holiday. Oh, 
God. Oh, I'm sorry. No, your audience. I can only apologize. Let me get my coat. I'm no off. No more listeners from America. No, that'd be ridiculous. Americans don't use utensils when they eat. Oh, God, no. <laughs> 58-year-old Harry, a retired man in Somerset County who provided a last name but chose... Henderson. Oh, no. (laughs) But chose to remain anonymous, told Cryptozoology News Wednesday that he was walking through the Lee Woods Nature Reserve on August 17th when the event actually took place. I usually take my dog, but lately I've avoided taking her there because she's been getting very skittish for some unknown reason. Suddenly, according to the man, he began hearing noises as if someone was snapping twigs and making squeaky sounds. <laughs> that was a pig. I'm sorry. I looking can't for do- truffles? Looking for truffles in the woods. Yeah. I thought it's one it- of those pig mice that you read so much about. <laughs> the pig mice. It's a mig. A mig or yes. a pice. It's a cross between a mouse and a pig. You should see the holes they make in the skirting board. I swear to God, it's ruining that uh, house. What's wrong with the you? The cheese they get through. I swear, I'm getting through pounds of cheese every night. And in the middle of the night, they keep me and awake. silverware is building up. I know, and- they're running around the kitchen at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning, keeping me awake, these mice pigs. Uh, I thought it may have been a deer, so I went off the path to look. This is when I saw the strange ape creature. It was sat in the brambles. What's a bramble? It's like uh, bracken, thistles, Uh, burdock. Okay. Yeah. And it was digging in the earth with a twig. Um, Then reported the alleged animal was doing this for about five minutes, then picked something up and began eating it. Harry believes this was a piece of raw meat. Oh, because you get a lot of raw meat hanging around the woods. I, he it, sat it, gets watching this. it gets better. He watched this for five minutes and yeah. didn't get his cell phone out. He didn't have one. Of course Convenient. he didn't. Uh, then it got another twig and was picking pieces of meat from his teeth with it. So now oh. it knows how to use toothpicks, right? Very cultured. Right? Very cultured. Right? I wouldn't want my daughter to marry one, though. <laughs> oh, no. But Harry was also aware that the strange-looking being appeared to be communicating with something. He didn't have a Hawaiian shirt and a camera around his neck, did he? Oh, no. And he kept looking left, and he was talking to something and thought he heard movement from where it kept looking. When I say talk, it more like grunted and squeaked. Do you want to do that one? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've soiled myself. Give me a minute. God. Uh, he was sure that it wasn't an animal or a homeless person, so that's a bonus. <laughs> Crikey! What kind of homeless people are picking their teeth and eating raw meat? He must have been very hairy. <laughs> I don't know. It's a homeless person. Yeah, that's very random, isn't I it? I know. It wasn't. An Hang on, that sounds like person. my uncle Fred. What's wrong with you? Harry claims he was not scared or worried because the creature seemed friendly. Uh, The report actually comes one week after another British man claimed to have witnessed a similar creature in the county of Suffolk. Suffolk. Yep, the South Folk. uh, Which reportedly took place only three days prior to Harry's encounter. I find it remarkable that there is any kind of Bigfoot or Sasquatch living in Britain. Britain's very small. Britain's the size of New Hampshire. It's overpopulated. There's 60 million people live there. It doesn't have wide expanses of forestation. I could imagine Bigfoot living in Montana living in Michigan, any of those places, because Maybe you have... Maybe blending in with you, you. Yes, you have hundreds blending in. What <laughs> We've got the working <laughs> in the service industry. That's right. They're in Subway. You're going yes. to Subway. Oh, I'll have the, uh, the honey wheat bread, please. <laughs> yes, I'll have it slightly <laughs> toasted. Yeah, if you can put extra uh, tomatoes on that and a bit of spinach, that'd be great. 
Yeah, just mayo, perhaps, and uh, some salt and pepper. <laughs> oh, I'll take the meal. Go on, then. I'll have some potato chips and a soft drink. I just... How's that even possible? How does that happen? We're employing them to do what? Play for Manchester United. What's going on? We call them the Scots. I'm sure that's a Scotsman. <laughs> We've just lost two listeners in Dundee. I can only apologise. Wow. Isn't that remarkable? Oh, what I was going on to say is you have wide tracks in this country of deep forestation that's never been penetrated. It goes on for miles and miles like and miles. Appalachia? Yes, any of those places. I'm looking at the uh, Boundary Waters, for example, north of here. You could imagine an animal that's never been found before living in that environment. This is Bristol. It's the fifth biggest city in Britain. The biggest area it could possibly access is probably the size of central park they may know how to shave and now it's just the winter coat is coming out (laughs) they know how to shave we're gonna wax a sasquatch (laughs) on next week's show and see how that goes we'll start with your back you can make a scarf for christmas oh wow you've knitted me a woolly scarf no that's just a strip of wax from a sasquatch fun for all the family keep you warm wouldn't it i'm guessing i wonder if he looks like chewbacca (laughs) no idea i've never seen chewbacca pick his teeth with a twig you are fun you are informative you are on four you forgot funny you are on four (laughs) (laughs) nasa footage shows ufo beaming light onto earth before transmission cuts there's something to be said for nasa they explore space which is a pretty big job they single-handedly found out that the moon was not made of cheese back in 1969. That would have been embarrassing, wouldn't it, if the first capsule came down on Apollo 11 and as it landed on the moon, the retro rockets melted all the cheese and it disappeared. That would have been embarrassing. And yet some net users think that the space agency might be hiding something from us. The video shows an unusual glowing object, which was captured by a camera on the International Space Station before NASA's camera feed cut out commentating why does the camera feed always cut out have you noticed that recently it's because nasa are monitoring what they're putting out and when they see an anomaly they cut the feed so people don't see what it is what's the purpose if they're not hiding anything i don't understand i suspect a lot of natural phenomena is taking place you're going to get space debris solar flares there's a lot of stuff that can cause different types of ufo anomalies and i just don't think they want the publicity or people jumping on it like this article and all over YouTube saying, you know, these aliens, there's UFOs, why are NASA covering it up? It's got to the point where I think NASA are so jumpy now that they're cutting the feed to stop people from jumping on it. But, of course, they cut the feed when they see something. So other people are seeing it as well, and then the feed gets cut. Does that make sense? Right. It says the video shows an unusual glowing object which was captured by a camera on the International Space Station before NASA's camera feed cuts out. Commentating on the video... UFO enthusiast Scott Waring says, how much longer will NASA go on with this charade? Spotted by a YouTube street cap, the video's mysterious cut is evidence, Waring believes, that the space agency is keeping secrets from us. Waring adds, this looks like a craft in space and is partly cloaked. The sun at a certain angle is causing a small part of the UFO to become visible. This is a very cool catch by Street Cap 1. NASA noticed it and it went to a blue screen. This actually looks, if people want to see this uh, footage, it is available on our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. You also have a site on Twitter, don't you, Heather, where you yes. post your stories so I can't see them. Do you want to mention where that is? Yeah, if I can remember. It's you can't remember. M- MQTA Heather. On Twitter. So yeah. if people wish to see her stories... 
she I refuses. Have to hide them. You have to hide them so I don't see. People don't believe me that this show isn't scripted, and we all know the stories beforehand. But genuinely, this is completely live and unedited, and we we don't know what's coming. And uh, <laughs> I like to have that you know sense that we don't know what's happening. I'll I like bring that, it on you. Yeah. That moment of awe and wonder but this looks like <laughs> this looks like a glowing pillar or a platform like you got in uh, that the israelites followed in exodus do you know it says in exodus a, a giant pillar of light came down and we followed it into the promised land it did uh, it is it two pillars or just the one it looks like two i would say but then it said Doesn't there was a pillar like and a Superman's platform Superman's little crystal thing superman's crystal thing yeah i shall bear that in mind i'm sure nasa hasn't <laughs> thought of this I just like to say, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, God, but we never followed this pillar into the promised land because uh, NASA cut the feed before we had a chance to find it. So if you could send us a map or some GPS, that'd be great. That's terrible. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I'm going to go to a Bigfoot sighting in England. Another one. This place is rampant. I tell you, it's the Channel Tunnel and it's the French coming over. (laughs) Now it's the French. What was the last sentence of your story? You said something about Suffolk? Yeah. Suffolk. Yep. 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 A man in England was surprised by a monkey-like animal, he says, came out of the woods in the county of Suffolk. A monkey-like animal. It's another <laughs> one. Wow. Bury St. Edmund's resident, Geoff Knights, says he was looking for big cat signs in the Often Woods near Stow Market when the creature showed up. I have been. I have seen one big cat and several pug marks too. Knights, also known as Crabtree, said. Then I heard it as clear as day. Reportedly, he began hearing a primate vocalizations and crashing sounds coming from the thick vegetation. <laughs> I heard it as clear as day. Then I saw, turned and saw it. Knights reports that he saw an animal matching the physical features of a gorilla mixed with the general shape of a man. Wasn't wearing a kilt, was it? Oh, no. Oh, no. It was a similar color to a chimp. It walked fast with its legs like ours and not like a chimp would. It knocked branches aside as it went along with its arms. They looked to be at least a third longer. It was probably five foot eight tall. Totally. What did he say to it? Comment allez-vous? Ça va? Très bien, merci. The creature, he says, then disappeared back into the woods. I became very panicky. Now, I am 20 stone, which is about 280 pounds, and pretty fearless, but I just needed to go. Knight says he is very confused with what he saw, but that he is sure about what it looked like, although he is reluctant to call it a shug monkey. A shug monkey. There's a term I've not heard for a very long time. A shug monkey is found, apparently, near Rendlesham Forest, where the famous 1980 UFO incident, our Roswell, happened in Britain in Rendlesham Forest. And the yeah. shug monkey apparently is a cross between a dog and a pig and a monkey. Some genetic <laughs> experimentation gone wrong. And what was the you- island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> That's right. Apparently he's one of the defensive ends for the Vikings this year. Oh. This is true. Did you have a question? You look like you was I about- was going to ask if you were going to name it with all of those combinations rather than shug monkey, what would you name it? A shunky. <laughs> <laughs> God. That seems to work. I do like a compound noun. So apparently England is rampant with 
Bigfoot. With French. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is true. They don't have the environment. They don't have the forest that Apparently you do. Apparently you do. It doesn't have a big enough environment to be able to live on. Do you know they say that you need so many acres of land if you're going to be self-sufficient? Our forests and woods. <laughs> to how, you need so many acres of land I to, can't remember what to the number have a Bigfoot. Is. No, you need something like 12 acres to be able to be self-sufficient throughout a year and not buy anything in terms of vegetables and fruit. I think it's a number like that. If you're living in a community in the woods and you're a Bigfoot, the woods are not big enough in Britain. You can walk through them in half an hour. They're not big enough to have a population of ape-like creatures there with enough food to go around. It just well, isn't there's a- been two in the matter of a week. Yes, they're eating at Subway. We've already determined this. They're lined up outside Subway getting a foot long. Have you ever had a- <laughs> Greg, have you had a foot long from a Bigfoot recently? No. I'm going to run back into the world of UFO. I'm desperately trying to get UFO stories out here, and you're talking about hairy men in Britain. That's right. It's outrageous. (laughs) Pluto could be home to ocean-dwelling life forms, claims Professor Brian Cox. When the New Horizons probe sped past Pluto last month, it gave scientists... Pluto? Hey? Sped past Pluto. Pluto. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pluto. God. Yes. It just Keep went going. it went left past olive oil, <laughs> two hundred yards past Popeye, it made it to the outer ring of Bluto. Right to sweet pea. Did you see the picture of Blu- of Bluto? <laughs> like a beard around it. You're terrible. I'm removing points as we speak. You're now back on three. Oh, just God. because I can't get my worms out properly. <laughs> when it sped past Bluto last month, it gave scientists and the public an unprecedented detailed glimpse of its frozen. Stop looking at me! Of its frozen surface. This is a very serious show. I'm sorry. We're talking about life on other planets here with <laughs> Professor Brian Cox. But one question remains unsolved. Is there an ocean beneath the dwarf planet's icy crust? Professor Brian Cox certainly hopes so, because he believes that if we can identify a hidden sea, we may find alien life forms lurking within its warm waters. Obviously, another meaning for the word warm I hadn't previously been aware of, because that's bitterly cold out there at like minus 290. In an interview with the Times, the much-loved astronomer suggested Pluto has more mysteries which are yet to be revealed. He said the New Horizons probe showed you there may well be a subsurface ocean on Pluto, which means if our understanding of life on Earth is even slightly correct, that you could have living things there. Following its incredible Pluto flyby, the New Horizons spacecraft is now heading for a rendezvous with another dwarf planet called 2014 MU69, a journey of one and a half billion miles. Are we there yet? I'm sorry, we've arrived and I still had four green bottles left to go. Meanwhile, back on Earth, NASA scientists are only just beginning to pick through the information the plucky probe beamed back. We know the surface of Pluto is very young, which could indicate high levels of geological activity, whilst it also boasts a series of strange nitrogen glaciers. NASA suggests an underground ocean could be driving all of the activity on the surface. However, Cox doesn't think we will be able to find out if Pluto holds life just yet. It's not as accessible, unfortunately, as Europa, a moon of Jupiter, or some of Saturn's moons, he added. Titan looks like it's got a subsurface ocean and... Enceladus. Have you heard of Enceladus? No, isn't that you get cream for it? Yeah, I think I know. I thought that was what you got in a Mexican restaurant. I'll have the Enceladus (laughs) with the fried beans and the uh, the rice there. 
Apparently, that's one of the uh, moons of Jupiter, throws liquid into space. You can fly through it and see if it's got organic material in it. Sadly, the superstar stargazer doesn't think we'll encounter little green men at any time soon because life has to pass through several tight bottlenecks. Have you got some videos, Greg, with several tight bottlenecks? Which means it's extremely unlikely intelligent life is common in the universe. Science tells us that complex life is incredibly rare. That is true, because I have been to Wisconsin. (laughs) That ends the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Rule of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com. And my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, T-I-P-S. And we have over 62,000 followers. So thank you to all the people that support the show. We also have our archives on SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com, type in MQTA radio, you can hear all of our shows over the last three years and remember our shows are one to two weeks behind but we do have on there a part of the show called not for your mother so when we go off air at the end of the hour we have one more round to go an extra 15 to 20 minutes the dvd extras the stories from around the world that are laden with sexual innuendo that can't be read out at any other times you are more than welcome to access those i've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies i have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now realized i'm holding a bell in the photograph after three years so is now sleeping peacefully we move into the final round of this particular hour with the round of the strange and the bizarre the stories that are too fabulous too remarkable too strange and too bizarre not to read out live on air but don't fall into any other category heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre you are currently on three points I have a squirrel. A squirrel. Yeah, a squirrel. S- say it. Do it. Do well, it. I'll, I'll say it like you say it first. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with your trick or treating, yeah, and your squirrels. <laughs> and well, I, I make the the habit, of course, of pronouncing all the words and all the letters correctly. So it's squirrel because it has two R's in the middle. Squirrel. All right. Well, the squirrel. Well, you're, uh, you're on minus one point for having racist comments thrown at me. I've barely started uh, the round of the strange and the bizarre, and you're getting me to say words. Say this. Say that. Do it. Do it Say now. this again, because we're going to laugh at your accent. It's funny. I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's always amusing, isn't it, when an American tries to correct your English? I always laugh. a squirrel has been detained by german police for stalking a woman detained yeah did he have like zoom lens photographs all around his (laughs) woodland home oh my god i saw a little youtube video once it was a some guy had a gopro did you see this with a squirrel and he put it in a tree and the squirrel went up to the gopro took it out of the tree and started running around on the ground with the GoPro in yes. his little grubby little paws. It was hilarious. His I grubby loved little it. paws. Was it a German squirrel by any chance? It might have been. <laughs> I can't actually remember what the German word is for squirrel. I'll have to look that up. I well, bet it's you a nice think word. about that one. Are we thinking about it for a long time? I don't know what it is. I can't learn German through osmosis. What's wrong with you? Yeah, if I sit here for an hour, I'll suddenly get a divine moment and I will know what the German word is for squirrel. There you go. Greg. Greg's on the internet over there. I want the German for squirrel by the end of the show, Greg. 
A squirrel has become an online sensation after it was reportedly detained when a woman called police to complain it was stalking her. I just like the fact that when they track the squirrel back to its house, it goes into a little hole in the tree trunk. The police follow it in. (laughs) There's all these grainy zoom lens photographs of the woman getting in and out of her car, dropping the kids off at school. There's a life-size model bust of her head made out of her discarded... Yeah, made out of her discarded (laughs) chewing gum. Uh, In her hair and a little doll. That's right. Perfect. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Come out with your hands up. German squirrels. They have to knock the door down. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. The panicked woman was unable to shake the rodent in the western German city of Batrup. Uh, So she turned to the authorities in desperation on Wednesday. How do you turn? If it's chasing you. You're going to run to the police station? I just don't understand that. He's following me, still outside. North Rhine-Westphalia police took in the squirrel and found it was suffering from exhaustion. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, someone get me some nuts and an IV. Uh, Officers were helping the animal recover by feeding it pieces of apple and honey tea. The video uploaded to the police force's Facebook page showing the animal beginning feeding and being watched 400,000 times by Friday morning. The animal will be transferred to a local animal shelter once it has recovered. Wow. Isn't that nice? I've actually, did, I, through osmosis, I've discovered plus. what the word squirrel is in German. It's Eichhornchen. See, I told you I'd get it. I knew it'd come to me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Does he get a point for that? Eichhornchen. It's fabulous, isn't it? You've got to love German. I like the word for butterfly in German, which is schmetterling. It's such a fabulous language. I love it. I have a story here that says Newlin Fish Festival, portable toilet moved with woman inside. A portable toilet with a woman inside was accidentally carried across a festival site by a forklift truck. The woman had gone to use the toilet ahead of the opening of the Nuding Fish Festival in Cornwall. Harbour Master Rob Parsons said she must have thought she had been teleported when she came out of the toilet in a completely new location. I'm sure I left the kids here. Fabulous. The woman was not injured in the incident on Monday, organisers confirmed, but she was feeling a little flushed. (laughs) Mr Parsons told BBC Radio Cornwall she got in the loo and was then picked up and taken to the other side of the harbour. Lucky she didn't get dropped in the harbour. I think she was suffering from a bit of shock, or she thought she'd been teleported across to the other side of the harbour. Mark Kempthorne, director of the toilet provider Andy Luz, said it was not the first time a forklift driver had picked up a toilet with somebody inside. Although on this... This happens often. Apparently, it says, although on this occasion, it had been done by a member of staff. You'd think you'd know, wouldn't you? If you're in it... What kind of motions are you going through? What kind of toilet action is happening for you that you don't notice the earth moving when you're sat there with dead man's grip forcing out a Taco Bell? I mean, what is going on? Maybe she had a bag of Doritos. Wow. Remember the commercial? I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either. No. But apparently there's a commercial with Doritos where they... Ah, yes, I remember. It was for the Super Bowl. Yes. The person that devised that came from Minnesota. Yes. Yes, they took the Doritos into a cardboard box and the kids shook it. And it was pretending that he'd gone into the future. I do exactly know what you're talking about. I shall give you points. They should have decorated it up like a TARDIS. The TARDIS? The TARDIS. See what happened there? (laughs) 
Is it bigger it's on bigger the inside? Yeah, I thought it might be. That's always painful, isn't it? He said it was an easy mistake to make as drivers go in through the back entrance to pick up a toilet. Ever gone in the back entrance? Have you ever gone up the back entrance, Greg, in a toilet? He's fallen asleep. He said it doesn't happen quite often, to be honest, but I've done it a few times. There's a lesson there for all of us, but for the life of me, I don't know what it is. Earlier in the week, I found this story. I put this on our Facebook wall and I said to the followers we have on Facebook, I will read out the best jokes. If you put a joke underneath about this toilet, I will read them out live on air. And we got bombarded. I'm going to go through a list of jokes now about this toilet. Tom, Tom Lawrence from Britain said that was a lewd situation. Diana said she must be pooped out by that trip. Lenore said I really got to go, said the bathroom. And said, I bet she was relieved after that. Dave said, I needed a bowel movement, not my bowels moved. Jan said, oh dear, what can the matter be? Tom said, I bet the forklift driver raised a stink. <laughs> Lindsay wrote, poor man's RV. There you go. There are indeed more questions than toilet paper. It's, and thank you for Kevin for that particular sentence i have to say it's fun knowing that our listeners are just as disturbed as we are yes and i probably taught most of them (laughs) we move into the round that is called not for your mother and a big thank you for joining us if you're currently listening to us on this round of not for your mother it means you found us on soundcloud and in our archive so well done there's no prize other than the fact that you'll be listening to the stories laden with sexual innuendo for the next 20 to 25 minutes what gift could be better it's the gift that keeps on giving. That keeps on giving. <laughs> this round is called Not For Your Mother, because if your mother is of a delicate disposition, and I know my mother is, having said that, she had me and my sister, so she's done it at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to be removed to the room next door and given a hairy Frenchman to play with. If you have small children God. in the room, dress them up in miners' clothes and send them off to Snow White. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Nod for Your Mother? I got a follow-up on one of the stories I told earlier, so you guys will have to find it in the archives. It's got a willy in it. It does. All of your stories involve the twig and berries. What do you spend all week doing? What do you think? Well, I'm guessing you're on Google. (laughs) Are those new glasses? I have to clear my cash at least once a day. (laughs) Oh, in case the FBI turn up. (laughs) Uh, 87-year-old man. I have to clean my cash every day as well. I've read that it's bad for a man to keep that. (laughs) God. An 87-year-old man is accused of soliciting a prostitute, earns a pass from the prosecutor. A pass? Yes, that means he didn't get prosecuted. Oh, I thought a pass as in like, I've bought you a... Not a a pass, like... Yeah, like a gift certificate. There you go, granddad. Happy birthday. (laughs) <laughs> you get two goes at Madam Jojo's. You just want his money, don't you? <laughs> Make sure she's a good one. Wow. No? Do you go with two bad ones or one really good one? You have to work I'd out. i go for sp- the one really good one. Really, rather than the two mediocre? Yeah. Would you rather have a Hardy's cheeseburger or two McDonald's buck burgers? Well, the two McDonald's buck burgers are going to fill you up. You might have the other one and think, I need another one. <laughs> What? It's always difficult to get to McDonald's burgers, isn't it? In your mouth at the same time. time. Can I have cheese with that? God, don't forget the pickle. Wow. <laughs> no? All right, let's go. 
<laughs> the 87-year-old man. Let's go. Say, Where is this? In Spirit Lake. We could be there in an hour. No, it's in Michigan. <laughs> we could be there in an hour. <laughs> the 87-year-old man, police say, was soliciting an undercover cop posing as a prostitute. He will not be prosecuted, though. Um, uh, before we go any further, fair play. How old's the man? 87. 87. What's he got? A splint on it or something? I, you got I'd be, me. I'd be pleased that at 87, I still had the enthusiasm and endeavour to practice the physical arts. Uh, at 87. Can you I'm, imagine? The, I'm thinking, you know, call me. I'm thinking, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. So you like old age creeping over you, do you? <laughs> Well, let's let's see your checkbook first. Every wrinkle's an inch. Let's see your checkbook. Your two cheeseburgers. We've already established this. This I thought it was Dairy Queen. I was just going to say, it's a blizzard. It's a blizzard for you and you're on the money. How much is a blizzard now? Five bucks. Wow. I know, right? Um, What would be the purpose of prosecuting them? Kent County Prosecutor William Forsyth said on Tuesday, September 1st. He wouldn't and shouldn't go to jail, and 87 years without involvement in the criminal justice system has, in my opinion, earned him a pass. So he's never been in trouble with the law, other than soliciting once. He's just... What does his wife say about this? I think she's gone, mate. She's gone. Yeah. Yeah, she's I don't six feel feet bad under. For the, I mean, if you're 87 and you've got the money and you've got the gumption and your wife's deceased, I mean, I don't know. Perhaps I'm European and more liberal. I don't, you know... Now, Howard Arthur Klein, likely the oldest person ever charged with this crime, was arrested by Grand Rapids Police around 10 p.m. on June 26 near Broadway Street. Now they're telling you where you can go get one. Well, actually, don't get them there because they're fake. Have you got a pen with you, Greg? (laughs) Write the names down. (laughs) It's actually not far from his home where he was arrested from. Klein was arrested along with two other men and two women the rest of whom were booked into the Kent County Jail. Klein was not taken into custody due to his age and was arraigned on July 8th. I don't think he was going to flee. He wasn't going to run from police, was he? No, he was going to hobble with a walking stick. Okay. Uh, Klein, you have to remember this, so write this down, allegedly claimed that he thought the woman he approached was someone he knew from church. (laughs) (laughs) How is the pastor? Oh, God. Uh, he faced a maximum of 93 days in the Kent County Jail if convicted. I could see no compelling reason to continue to prosecute Mr. Klein on the ticket he was issued for accosting and soliciting, Forsyth said. He is 87 years old with absolutely no criminal record. In addition, I am told he struggles to some degree with dementia. Wow. But he's off, mm. mate. It's if we get caught, Greg, we just pretend we don't know anything and we'll say we're 87 and we'll be fine. And you thought she was from your church? Yes. I'm sure she was from the church. Haven't I seen you? No. The bake sale. Were you selling (laughs) banana bread? The quilt. Yes, I bought a courgette off of you. You don't know what a courgette is, do you? Do you eat that with, like, sausage and cheese? (laughs) Not that I recall. It's an eggplant. No, not an eggplant. What do you call it? A zucchini. Oh, a zucchini. It's very odd. In Minnesota in the Midwest, yes. at this time of the year, yes. there's random people handing you zucchini, leaving zucchini on my doorstep. <laughs> I go out there in the morning. It's just sat there. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's like from, you know, what's the sci-fi program? The body TIE st- Fighter the, program? The body that is, that's from Star Wars. <laughs> the TIE Fighter. <laughs> 
I swear to God, at this time of the year in my town, there's people wandering around <laughs> with random zucchini, cradling zucchini. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. There's these pods appearing everywhere. I'm frightened to go to sleep at night. That's outrageous. I've got a story here that says pranksters stick sex toys to cars overnight, leaving residents with a rude awakening. Where's this at? I will get to that. It's in Liverpool. Residents in one street had a rude awakening after pranksters stuck sex toys to the cars overnight. People living near Sefton Park in Liverpool walked out of their doors on Friday morning to find large plastic sex toys decorating the bonnets of cars parked on their streets bend over sweetheart and i'll get it into second gear and take a run up various adult toys usually kept safely behind closed doors were left stranded on the roadside and in the gutters outside of houses with some even thrown into people's gardens sorry better than a gnome i guess (laughs) i was gonna say by the little gnome instead of holding a pitchfork he's Aye, that wouldn't be good. No. <laughs> One startled man who lives nearby told the Liverpool Echo, on Friday morning I left the house around 8am to go to work, and I saw them all in the road. They should have had warning signs up, shouldn't they? Men working overhead. There was a giant one, a giant one apparently. There was a giant one on the bonnet of the car, but when his wife saw it, she thought it was average looking. <laughs> When my wife left the house, it was on the car. There was a few in the neighbours' gardens as well. I think people took them off the cars when they left the house and threw them into the roadside. I wonder what that means. Was there a fork in the road? <sighs> I think people... <laughs> Sorry. I did find another two in the gutter on Saturday afternoon. It's, it's Saturday afternoon now and he's still looking for them. Mm-hmm. This started on Friday morning. By Saturday afternoon, he's still scrambling around. It's like a wild willy scavenger hunt. It is. <laughs> where everybody's winning. <laughs> he added, I have two little children and they thought it was absolutely priceless. And they could be, <laughs> and they could be playing swords. There you go. Smack. <laughs> oh no, Colin's given me a mushroom. Stamp. <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> I did warn you this was the round called Not for Your Mother. They were very excited and were telling people in school what they'd woken up to. Ever been woken up in the morning with that? You need to go Maybe. to a, you need to go to a Catholic boys' school. <laughs> oh god. Those living on the street are Which still ones? baffled. <laughs> Those living on the street. <laughs> like a caterpillar. There's a little homeless willy sitting at the edge of the curb. Oh, I'm sure it'll find a home sooner or later. (laughs) (laughs) Those living on the street are still baffled. You said this a few weeks ago. You seem to have a working knowledge of how expensive these were. Yes. Okay. They're baffled as to who the pranksters are and how they manage to sneak around placing the toys without anyone noticing. If you've got one glued to the hood of your car. No, they come with suckers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wow i think we learned a little bit more about heather tonight ladies and gentlemen than we probably needed to if you got in the car and drove that that would be like a rhinoceros wouldn't it you could charge people like you was in a safari bar no you're going to the renaissance fair <laughs> i'm sorry you <laughs> could joust with them joust you could have someone's eye out that's outrageous I like the idea that you're in the Serengeti in a Jeep taking photographs and suddenly an Audi Quattro comes out with one stuck to the hood and charges the car. Good. <laughs> Good times. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Guy kidnaps elderly man and forces him to eat Mexican food. Oh, no. <laughs> Was that the whole enchilada? 
God. When was the last time someone ate your fajitas? <laughs> what was your Enceladus word or something like Enceladus that earlier? Enceladus is the moon Enceladus. of Jupiter. There you yes, go. that would be a lot to swallow, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. It's a, almost coming a, off your last story. I say so. <laughs> it's almost a dwarf planet. I tell you, Pluto. I'll play that. <laughs> Oh, God. Have you been uh, drinking? NBC New York reported that a 77-year-old man was pushing a shopping cart, holding cans and bottles down a street when he was grabbed from behind in a bear hug and thrown into a white van. Oh. The kidnapper, David Pope, took the man to his house, tied him up at a dinner table, and made him eat enchiladas <laughs> I and told you drink it was a, a gallon of orange juice. Oh, no. That's was terrible. Was that a weird science experiment? <laughs> where, where is this happening? Uh, New York is who's reporting it. Wow. I mean, that's outrageous that someone forces you to have vitamin C and fruit and vegetables. <laughs> that must be painful. While there, the victim was bitten on the leg by Pope's Staffordshire Terrier. <laughs> Pope fed him tamales and tacos while the victim's leg bled freely. The victim told police he ate the food because he feared for his life. What do you think about this, Heather? <laughs> I think it's sad. <laughs> uh, Pope said he had made all the food himself. The victim said in a statement, I thought if I refused to eat it, he would be insulted and kill me. I think this is a fabulous TV show. <laughs> you should go around a town, throw four people in the back of a white van, tie them up, force them to eat dinner. And you could ask, that, isn't it eating with the stars or celebrity dinner? Do you have that over here? <laughs> celebrity dining. Eating with the stars. Yes, but we kidnap the stars. We drive around <laughs> Hollywood. We go to a grand opening, some sort of cinema exhibition, anything. We get Angelina Jolie, throw her in the back of the van, tie her up, and we force her to eat your casseroles. <laughs> we force What's her wrong to with eat my casseroles? your zucchini lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably get 10 years for that. <laughs> we had to use them somehow. <laughs> yes, and I'm not gluing them to the hood of a car. Uh, he seemed very proud of the dishes he made, said he had spent the last year teaching himself how to cook authentic Mexican food with the goal of getting a job at Taco Bell. Well, that's, that's not, not authentic. Yes, and that's not, that's not cooking, is it? It's just heating things up in a microwave. Uh, eventually, Pope asked the victim if he would walk to the store with him to pick up more salsa. The victim was able to escape on the way to the store and phone the police. Pope said simply, I thought the man was homeless and wanted to feed him. Pope was charged with kidnapping, reckless endangerment, interfering with an officer, and disorderly conduct. Poisoning. Wow. <laughs> what if the guy would have had food allergies? And Yes, I'm going to tie you up and force you to eat nuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I know. Nut allergies are a very dangerous thing. <laughs> you have one more story for I me do, tonight. And it's a very sad story. And it involves a willy. It does. <laughs> Who knew? It's, it's very almost sad. like I'm psychic. It's very sad. Okay. Well, this, well let's bring, bring the mood. Let's bring the down. mood down. We'll bring, we'll get, it's late night. We'll bring the mood down. Yeah, it's very so somber. Everybody. Sad. Right. 52-year-old Mexican man can't find a job, have a relationship, or even go to church because of his 19-inch penis. Wow. Do you think he just puts the first 12 inches in? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto Escoval Cabrera, 52, of Saltillo, detailed the problems with having a penis that is nearly 19 inches long. Oh, now it's nearly. Ugh. 
So it's 18 so and a half. That half makes all um, the difference, doesn't it, Kim? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually what he told the newspaper Vanguardia. He says the women are afraid of his penis because he has an elephant walk and he cannot have a relationship. An elephant walk? Uh, how does it? Uh, I don't understand. I bet he has trouble at the baker's when it jumps. Oh, <laughs> Greg's doing the motion. <laughs> Greg put. <laughs> wow. I wish our listeners could see, see that. that. Greg, can you put? Greg needs to put his pants back on. I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to eat an enchilada again. That's outrageous! Holy smoke! That's terrible. I can't even do it anymore. What if he went to the baker's and his penis just shot out of his trousers, grabbed a bun, and pushed out of his bottom? God! Oh no, bagel! It's a bagel. In the interview, Roberto Escoval Cabrera shares the troubles of a huge penis, and he's been saddled with this for his entire life well of course he has he didn't get it when he was 15 someone just glued it on in the night <laughs> well maybe, maybe. I uh, thought it was a robotic in- one we've been talking about we have been looking at bionic ones yes uh, oh, what do you mean we you got a turd in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just pleased to see you <laughs> I'm not making naughty. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, behave. Oh, God. You and- had it like animal. Yeah, baby. Very good. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. I don't either. He got this when he was a baby. When he came out of his mother, they must have thought, holy smoke, is that the umbilical cord? He could have actually donated half. He could have donated two-thirds, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) At 19 inches in length and 9 inches in girth. Holy smoke, that's like two Coke cans. I know, right? Uh, He cannot go to church because he can't kneel. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, that's wrong. (laughs) Perhaps they dig a hole in the ground for him. Oh, no. Wherever I go, they all They say hello. Hello. Is it me? (laughs) That woman was blind. Can you imagine if she put her hands out to feel that? (laughs) The video. Lionel Richie. I didn't know you were going there. You're going to need more clay, sweetheart. (laughs) I'll go and get you another bag at the art store. Do you know the video I'm talking about? No, but now I'm going to have to Google it. Lionel Richie. This mental picture I've got right now is wrong. In Lionel Richie's, in the Lionel Richie song, Hello. I am going to mold a 19-inch <laughs> penis. I'll get you a pot as well. It's like Ghost. Oh, my God. She's making a vase. I swear to God. In it's the, a bud vase. In, in the video, Hello. With Lionel, stop looking at me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> 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 uh, his, <laughs> okay, we're talking about Lionel Richie's bun Someone base. call an ambulance. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> okay, well, this continue. isn't good radio, you know that. <laughs> this is two minutes of me crying. I've almost wet myself. In, in Lionel Richie. <laughs> It's Paul Lionel Man. Richie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> oh, somewhere there's a radio show trying to get out. In the video, 
<laughs> Stop looking at me. <laughs> In the video with Lionel Richie, hello. The woman's blind. He keeps walking. No wonder. <laughs> he keeps walking past the door and she has to feel his face and she's making a bust of his head. The poor woman, why are you laughing? The woman's blind. What's wrong with you? We started this story. Ten minutes ago, in a sombre mood, I, I swear a small amount of wheels come out in that time. Uh, okay. Um, <coughs> oh man, uh, the the penis is considered <laughs> considered a physical impairment. <laughs> it just. He'll never be able to do the Tour de France. He can't find a reoccurring job that is not in the adult industry. <laughs> Poor guy. That's terrible. Uh, though he'd been down. For the people from Guinness to stop by his house, because if I won, he said, they would give me a lot of money. When he, he could denote that. Well, he could den- denote. <sighs> he can what? Deduct? <laughs> Donate. Someone's got a golf bag there when he dies. Oh, God. I'll take the three wood. Or one heck of a horseshoe post. Post, I know. <laughs> Telegraph. Um... Anyway, he wants a lot of money. Vanguardia described Cabrera as having an elephant walk walk as well. Greg, Lee, keep, keep your therefore, trousers on, Greg. I don't want to see that again. <laughs> therefore, he frightens all the ladies. And I'm done. And we are. <laughs> and I'm done. I'm spent. I'm spent. <laughs> I don't know what that sounded like to our listeners. I, that's the worst 20 minutes of radio I've ever broadcast in my life. And I do apologize for at least 10 minutes of just hearing the three of us and Greg here <laughs> laughing hysterically. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the K2 meter with the dead battery, it is Heather. In third place is Kim what? on four points. I have five, and in resplendent first place, with the $33,000 IR camera, is Greg, who managed to find out what the German word is for squirrel, which I've forgotten already. Do not fear, <laughs> listeners. Remember, I am back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail. You can also follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S. And if you wish to access our archives now, we do have another 20 to 25 minutes of the show still to go in a round called Not For Your Mother. The stories of the week that could not be read out live on air for fear of getting a $10,000 final being removed. If you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQ. TA Radio. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International German Squirrel Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>